That's big time. Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Oh, did he belt that one? Intensity is not a perfume. It was a no-downer. Five, four, three, two, one. We are up in the bird's nest here at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. I'm Brendan Mortensen alongside Amy Jennings making her couch debut. This Amy. is big, Brendan. Yeah. I've always wanted to know what it felt like to sit on these couches. Yeah. They looked so comfy from our office across the hall. Yeah. I produce this podcast sometimes, but this is big getting to finally sit on this couch. I honestly feel honored. Yeah. You were of Nationals podcast fame and you are pinch hitting for us here on the Orioles side of things. Good to have you here, Amy. The Orioles won last night, reduced their magic number to two to clinch the AL East. But of course, it was with a heavy heart last night as we learned of the passing of Brooks Robinson at the age of 86. Mr. Oriole and Orioles legend won 16 gold gloves, made 18 all-star games, won an MVP, won two World Series, one World Series MVP, and for somebody as accomplished as Brooks Robinson, it's pretty amazing that when anybody talks about Brooks, they don't talk about the on-the-field accomplishments. They talk about the person and who Brooks Robinson was. I didn't grow up in Baltimore. I didn't grow up in Maryland, so I didn't really understand the impact that Brooks Robinson had on the Baltimore community, on Baltimore baseball as a whole until I got down here. When I first started working for Mass and first started interning down here. I was living just up the block for the summer and, and every walk that I had, I would turn the corner and I would see the statue <laughs> of Brooks Robinson. And I remember the first time that I had the privilege of being in the same room as Brooks Robinson. It was being in the presence of a living legend. And it was a pleasure to get to hear some of the stories that we heard from Scott Garceau, from Jim Palmer, from guys who really knew Brooks Robinson well, and it's clear that as much of an impact as he had on the baseball field, because he's one of the best third basemen to ever play the game, the impact that he had on the city of Baltimore and on baseball as a whole was even greater. Right, exactly. I mean, we can all talk about his accomplishments, an absolutely outstanding career growing up. I mean, Brendan and I, we, he was retired before we were even born or even right. a thought. So we didn't get to see him play live baseball. But you look back, you always hear Brooks Robinson, the best third baseman to ever do it. But it's all the off the field stuff, how he said he adopted Baltimore as his hometown. And he stayed true to that word. I mean, he's been around he's been around the ballpark he continued to watch Orioles games throughout his entire life even this season he talked about still watching this team and how excited he was about just how well they were performing and we've been lucky enough to be around him I mean yeah. I saw him interact with Baltimore legend Mo Gabba of course um, I saw him interact with Trey Mancini on the field and he is just truly an amazing human being and you don't get to say that about a lot of People in general yeah. about a lot of athletes sometimes. And to be that good of an athlete for that long of a career, be a staple in Baltimore and in the game of baseball, and be one of the best human beings you'll ever meet, you don't see that. No, not at all. Brooks Robinson, special player, special guy. And, and like I said off the top, it's pretty spectacular that somebody wins 16 gold gloves and makes 18 <laughs> all-star games, and that's not really how they're remembered in the city where they played <laughs> – career you know that's 
just the kind of impact that Brooks Robinson was able to have. And you mentioned Brooks staying active with the team and, and being around the guys and things like that. You could tell how Brooks's passing impacted, you know, Brandon Hyde, how it yeah. was impacting the players. Kyle Bradish mentioned on the broadcast yesterday after the win that, you know, everybody was playing with a heavy heart and, and they were going out and playing that game for Brooks. And for Brooks to be able to be in the clubhouse a little bit, to talk to the guys, I know he was in the clubhouse last year, that has to mean a ton for these young players who are coming up as the next generation of great Orioles athletes. Right. Here with Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, guys like that that are kind of taking the mantle as guys who are going to be leaders not only on, on this ball club but in this community, to be able to interact with somebody like Brooks Robinson, it had to mean the world to guys like Gunnar and Adley and, and guys, Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, guys who are leaders on this team in this clubhouse. I can't imagine the kind of impact that those kinds of conversations had. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Brooks Robinson's first year was the year after the Orioles moved to Baltimore. So this city yeah. and this club grew up with Brooks Robinson. And you see that, you know, sometimes great players return to the organizations and are active in the organizations and are active with mentoring young players. But you never see a guy that, you know, grew up, helped build this organization back in Baltimore and then still has such a big impact on the team today, you know, returning to the playoffs it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Yeah, elite nickname by the way, the human vacuum cleaner <laughs> is kind of unbelievable to have at third base. One of the best to ever do it on the field. One of the best guys off the field as well. Of course, we extend our condolences to Brooks Robinson's family, his friends. He's going to be dearly missed in the Baltimore community as a whole. We do have some baseball to talk about, and we will transition to that. As I said, the Orioles won last night. Take down the Nationals one to nothing. Kyle Bradish twirls in absolute gem. Goes eight innings, three hits, no earned runs. Offense didn't do a ton. Nice outing from Josiah Gray on the other side, but the Orioles able to pull that game out in a one to nothing victory. Magic numbers down to two. Saw the Rays last night. Put out a really interesting lineup that looked like, you know, they were just kind of resting some guys mm -hmm. and not going to say that they have conceded the division in any way shape or form it's still a two and a half game lead with some games to play here they are not giving up by any stretch but the lineup that the Rays put out last night wasn't their typical lineup the Rays still of course in Rays fashion get it done so the magic number not down to one it is down to two which means the Orioles could clinch the division as early as tonight mm -hmm. with a win and a Rays loss but if the Orioles keep winning what the Rays do doesn't <laughs> matter the exactly. Orioles need to win two more games in the division and they could clinch as early as tonight with a Rays loss. Exactly. And thankfully, the Rays play a little bit or earlier than, I mean, yeah, the Rays play a little bit or earlier than the Orioles do tonight. Yeah. It's, it's always exciting when you clinch on your own win and you're not waiting around. We've seen it with other teams where you win and you're waiting for a loss. So, you know, sometimes the team waits and watches it on the on the. Yeah, that was like the playoff board. clinch. Yeah. Like, it would have been such a bummer if the Orioles didn't walk off that game right. against the Rays. Like, yeah, they had clinched the postseason birth with the Rangers loss, but just would have been a bummer if you dropped three or four from Tampa and you go into the clubhouse and you're like, oh yeah, we did it. Yeah, we did it. Somebody else did somebody it for else us. Lost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So kind of nice that they play earlier today. 
And then the Orioles get to play a little bit later. They win. Makes it a whole lot more exciting, but they'll take it any way they can get it. Yeah, and it's a lot nicer, too, for the Orioles to just take care of business a little bit right. so that I don't have to scroll on the artist formerly known as Twitter and just see every single fan losing Dude. their minds. I mean, the same thing happens over and over again. The Orioles dropped the first two games of their four-game series against Tampa Everybody freaks over. out. It's over, yeah. The world's over. Yeah. Uh, no playoffs. It's done. done. No playoffs for the next 10 years. Ali Rutschman, career over. <laughs> over. And then the next two games, the Orioles split the series. They clinch the playoffs on that Sunday victory. Orioles have a four-game series in Cleveland after taking two of three in a huge series against Houston, by the way, which nobody seemed to care about. <laughs> the Orioles dropped their first two games against the Guardians. World Series is off. Playoffs are over. <laughs> They win the next two games of the series yeah. against the Guardians. They split. They put themselves in position to win the AL East. Let's gonna not freak out here. It's fine. Yeah. They're going to figure They're it out. They're in the playoffs either way. So let's just, right. you know, take that to begin with. But. The magic number is down to two, and the Orioles have five games remaining. The Nationals are not the best team in baseball. You have Grayson Rodriguez on the mound tonight. Seems like a good opportunity to get in the win column here. Then you have a four-game series against the Red Sox, who are in last place in the AL East. It's still the Red Sox, still a division opponent. Red Sox are scrappy. They have a solid lineup. They are below 500. I think the Orioles can win two of their next five games. And the Rays just need to lose one of their remaining six. Right. It's perfect situation Pretty good shot. Yeah. Couldn't ask for more down the stretch. Not going to jinx anything. But I think the Orioles are in a pretty good position. We will see if they are able to clinch the AL East tonight. Amy, our big discussion of the day. Votes are almost due for media members to submit their ballots for most valuable Oriole. The ballots, you have to put a name for third place, for second place, and for first place. I think my first place most valuable Oriole has been set for a little bit. But... There are still guys that I, I think there's about five guys that I probably had in consideration for my second place vote and for my third place vote. I think votes have to be in by tomorrow. So this is going to be my ballot for most valuable Oriole that I will be submitting that we are going to talk about today. Let's start with third place for most valuable Oriole, which might be the toughest one. For me, it came down to two guys. And those two guys were Felix Bautista and Kyle Bradish. I think both of those guys have a very legitimate case to be anywhere three through one, but I'm, I'm pitting them against each other here for third place in the most valuable Oriole discussion. Felix Bautista, I think if he stays healthy, he is higher up on this ballot. Felix Bautista obviously gets injured. He's been tossing some bullpens. Mm-hmm. Exciting. But Felix, as it stands right now, 148 ERA, 33 saves in 61 innings, 110 strikeouts in 61 innings of work. That's over 16 strikeouts per nine innings. Whip just below one, walking under four guys per nine innings, which is kind of unreal given <laughs> how hard he throws and how dominant his stuff is. Felix Bautista, I think, when healthy, is the best closer in baseball and probably would have been higher up on this ballot if he were still pitching. But right now, he's in my discussion 
for number three. Okay. Well, I have him on my top three. Okay. But higher up. Ooh. Number three, which I think might be your number three, is Kyle Bradish. Yeah. Which I think after last night kind of had this had to seal the deal. You saw the eight scoreless innings. He got his um, ERA for the season under three. The first player, Orioles player, to get a sub three ERA finishing the season because that's likely his last start of this season since 1992 when Mike Messina did it. So he has risen to the occasion, been the ace that Brandon Hyde so desperately needed going into the season. He has the second most war on this team, the fifth fifth most in all of baseball for pitchers, the 286 ERA for the fourth best in all of baseball. Garrett Cole likely getting the Cy Young in the AL, but I think Kyle Bradish will absolutely get votes. He's absolutely been the ace on this staff, and I think last night sealed the deal that he has to be in this conversation for the most valuable Oriole. And I'm putting him in number three. Yeah, he's my third spot as well. You mentioned the start against the Nationals last night. Solidified that for me. It really was a toss-up between Felix Bautista and Kyle Bradish for me for this number three spot. But as you mentioned, the ERA down to 286. I think he will probably finish as a top five AL Cy Young voter. He should. He has to. Third best ERA in the American League. Fourth best ERA in baseball. 166 innings on that arm, too, is by far a career high for Kyle Bradish. And what impressed me the most about that start last night was that the stuff looks just as good as it did in June. And Kyle Bradish hasn't lost a step pitching 166 innings this year. And that is massive for an Orioles team that hasn't had their ace in John Means. And you have great young pitchers like Grayson Rodriguez. You have guys like Kyle Gibson who can eat innings. Tyler Wells has to be sent down because he gets some arm fatigue. Kyle Bradish has been the one that's just chugging all mm-hmm. year. I mean, Dean Kramer and Kyle Gibson have given you a start every five days, but they're not producing the kinds of numbers that Kyle Bradish is right now. And he's just finding ways to get it done, too. I mean, exactly. we know Kyle Bradish, he has an unbelievable slider. It's one of the better pitchers pitches in baseball he's throwing the curveball for strikes he's throwing the sinker more his pitch mix looks a lot better than it did last year and he's finding different ways to win games he doesn't always have to strike out 10 guys last night he just got everything on the ground struck out four batters last night and only allowed three hits in eight innings of work he has a great athletic defense behind him and he knows that if he gets the ball on the ground he's got Gunnar Henderson, he's got Ramona Rios who won a gold glove last year. Adam Frazier has been, you know, not as good this year defensively, but he's still a solid option there at second base. Jordan Westberg, when he's playing as well, great defensive option there. He has a good defense behind him. He knows how to use it, or he can strike 10 guys out. You've seen it. Yeah. So Kyle Bradish, my third place MVO. And he said that after the game last night, he was like, well, I don't know if you noticed, don't think I striked a lot of guys out, but my defense made the plays behind me. And that's because he was able to get the ball on the ground. Guys had a ton of ground balls against him last night. And you saw him mix his pitches more. I mean, this season he's been more dominant and I think it's likely due to him throwing his slider a lot more of the time, his four seamer a little bit less. And we know that that sinker and slider play extremely well off of each other and he mixed his pitches differently than he has really 
for the last part of the season last night, which was really good to see that he yep. can get guys out in all different kinds of ways. And like you mentioned, he really wasn't the best pitcher on the staff necessarily for the first part of the season. Yeah. There were other guys more dominant than him. Yeah, Tyler Wells was the best starting pitcher in this rotation for the first Absolutely. two, three months of the year. Absolutely, but he's progressively gotten better to where the last three months of the season, he's been dominant. You see that ERA under three in each of the last three months. Yeah, Impressive. I, think it, I think it was sometime maybe late July, early August, where you just started looking at Oriole stats and you're like, Kyle Bradish kind of has a sneaky like 325 ERA. It's not sneaky anymore. Right. He's done it consistently in the last two months of the season have been excellent. Right, and we've been like, He's the number one guy. He's been the number one guy. Maybe he's the ace. No, he's the ace. He's the we ace. We can absolutely say it. And I think going into the season, well, I know going into the season, we're not saying Orioles make the playoffs game one, no matter what series it is. It's Kyle Bradish on the mound. We weren't saying that. No. But now we are. He deserves it. He's been consistent. Couldn't ask for more from Kyle Bradish. And he wasn't a Grayson Rodriguez type of prospect. Grayson Rodriguez was the best pitching prospect in baseball. Kyle Bradish was kind of just cracking the top 10 in the Orioles right. system. I know it's a loaded system, but <laughs> Kyle Bradish wasn't a slam dunk top 100 prospect type of pitcher. The outlook on Bradish was that if you got a number three, number four starter, you were going to be pretty happy with that. That evaluation has completely changed because he is pitching like a top five pitcher in baseball right now. And who knows, you know, going into next year, if he's going to be able to put up these kind of gaudy numbers again, but don't really have reason to believe that he won't. The stuff is great. He's been commanding really, really well. Just really good stuff from Kyle Bradish. Right. He's the reason they won a lot of games this season. He's part of the reason they are in the playoffs yep. in, in a week. So couldn't ask for more. He has to crack this list. I didn't think that I would be putting a pitcher and on my list, two pitchers on this list with how explosive this offense is, how even at the trade deadline, you're like, oh, they have to get pitching. They have to get pitching. They don't need hitters, but they have to get pitching. Wouldn't have expected this, but he rose to the occasion. Here we are. Kyle Bradish, both of us putting him at number three for our most valuable Oriole. Amy, who gets your second place vote for Most Valuable Oriole? You teased it a little bit. I Is did. this where it comes? And this, see, I was, I had these guys, like, I was like you. Number one was a lock, but yeah. two and three was really hard. And it's been a while since we've been able to have multiple players even in this conversation. I mean, if you look back at seasons, you know, Cedric Mullins, he was a lock in his season when he won. So Adley Rutschman. That was a lock last year, most valuable Oriole. It's been a while since we've had a lot of players and make this discussion really hard because of how well-balanced this team is. So at number two, I'm going with Felix Bautista. Ooh. I know. The Orioles just simply aren't here without him. And yeah. I know missing the last chunk of the season is crucial. And it's kind of hard to, you can make an argument that he does just drop out of this list because of that. But to me, I think it shows his value even more. I mean, you see just how much they needed him, just how much they relied on him, and just how valuable he was. I mean, you look back, the Orioles have lost five one-run games since Felix Bautista got hurt. Three of those games were lost in the ninth. One against Cleveland, one against the Rockies, and an, uh, one against the Astros in a walk-off one-run win. So not saying Felix Bautista would have necessarily won all of those games, but it's very possible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's entirely possible. My question becomes, I, I've already kind of made my case here 
for Felix Bautista and the reason that he gets my fourth overall MVO vote here. But I'm doing the math, and I think we probably have the same number one MVO vote, which means you don't have Adley Rutschman anywhere in your top three. And this is where I was talking. And number three, I was going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I couldn't not put Kyle Bradish in there. I just couldn't. And that's where Adley Rutschman had to get the knock. I know, Brendan. Mm, I know. That's tough. I have but Adley Rutschman at my Bautista number two. was the best reliever in all of baseball for most of this season. I, I, I Listen, I completely agree that Felix Bautista deserves consideration. And I think it is... I'm not saying it's outlandish that you have him in second place for your most valuable Oriole. But second place to me has to go to Adley Rutschman. Okay. He is Why? possibly the best catcher in baseball. If he's not number one, he is certainly in the conversation. He has the third best war on the team behind Gunnar Henderson and Kyle Bradish. A few things go into this discussion for me for Adley Rutschman. First, not that it makes a ton of difference, but Adley, I mean, he's the face of this playoff team right now. He is the face of the Orioles turnaround. He's the face of the end of the rebuild. Once Adley Rutschman got up here, I know Gunnar Henderson has obviously been a huge piece. Grayson Rodriguez, Jordan Westberg... All those guys getting called up have contributed in a big way to this Orioles team making the playoffs. But we've all heard the stat and the record since Adley Rutschman was called up last season. So there's that part of it, just that he is kind of the face of the franchise right now. The second part of it is how well he has commanded this pitching staff. You have Kyle Bradish having a career year. Grayson Rodriguez showing the potential that we all knew he had. Tyler Wells was outstanding for the first two months of the year. Dean Kramer has been solid all season. And not to say that those guys aren't talented pitchers on their own, but Adley Rutschman, we know how good he is commanding a pitching staff. And my third reason for this, Adley Rutschman is a really good hitter at the catcher position. And this is probably going to be my biggest point of emphasis. I know that Felix Bautista is the best closer in baseball, might be the most dominant reliever in baseball, maybe the most dominant pitcher in baseball. But you have Adley Rutschman, who is hitting 275 with an on-base percentage over 370, which is the best on the team among guys who have played at least 100 games. So discounting Aaron Hicks there. The OPS is third behind Gunnar Henderson and Ryan O'Hearn. And if you look at even contending teams around baseball, you want to look at teams like the Rays, the Astros, other teams in the American League, more often than not, unless you have, you know, the Phillies with JT Real Muto, the, you know, the Brewers I know have William Contreras, but he is more of a DH than he is a catcher. The catcher position is more often than not a black hole in the lineup. The catcher position is somebody that you bring in because they can call a good game, play solid defense behind the plate, and yeah, you've got to bat him ninth. And yeah, they're going to hit 180 with a 540 OPS. But you got to have him in there because nobody in baseball has a good catcher. Except for the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> and they have Adley Rutschman. And you know what he did this year as a catcher? He led off a lot of yeah. games because he has the best on-base percentage on this team. And if he's not hitting leadoff, he's probably hitting second or he's hitting third. So not only do you have somebody who is 
contributing in a big way, numbers-wise, just in a vacuum. Again, he's third on this team in war. But the value of Adley Rutschman, I know it's war is wins above replacement. Right. But I would almost change it for Adley Rutschman to be wins above the next best catcher. James McCann is a really solid backup, and James McCann probably starts on a good amount of teams right now. But to have a catcher that you can put in your lineup day in and day out that's not a black hole offensively, that is so valuable. Totally agree with you. And I think your point about him being the face of this franchise is, yeah, he should be in the top three in the most valuable Orioles. The fact that he has been has been able to help this this starting rotation come along you've seen the growth in dean kramer you've seen the growth in kyle bradish i think it's fair to contribute some of that success to him totally agree totally agree that he's one of the best offensive catchers in the game i mean his on-base percentage is the best among all catchers third best batting average among all catchers fourth best ops among all all catchers a lot of his value is wrapped around the fact that he's good defensively and he's good at the plate as a catcher. But if you're looking at this roster, this the Orioles roster as a whole, and their individual value, I don't think it's fair to say because he's a catcher, he has more value. Because most sure. catchers in the game can do what he does, he has more value. I do agree that that could be a black hole on many rosters, and it's not on the Orioles, so that adds to his value. But just for me, if you're comparing them to every other team, every other player on this roster's value... He just falls out of my top three. I mean, I'm yeah. not making a case against Adley Rutschman. He's been great. He is the face of this rebuild, the face of the franchise right now. But that's why he just falls out, because I think where we put so much of his value into the fact that he's a good catcher. He's yeah. good for a catcher. But if I'm looking at everybody's individual value, that's why he just falls out. Yeah, it's tough. I think if you are talking just value there's a lot of different <laughs> discussions that can it's go impossible it's that's like the why MVP this is discussion, that's why right that's why there's a ballot right it's like what does the v stand for right in in value what are you looking for there and I, I do think you're right in the sense that there is some sort of i'm not gonna say adley rutschman bias but like it's adley right like he's he's the face of the franchise he's one of the faces of baseball he was you know, one of the stories of baseball at the home run derby, you know, going from the left side of the plate to the right side of the plate, like it's Adley. Right. You know, and, and I do think there is a certain amount of that when you are looking at most valuable Oriole, even without looking at the numbers, I think, you know, e even myself included, I'm probably guilty of it a little bit of just going, well, yeah, it's Adley. Of course, Adley's on the ballot. It's Adley. <laughs> and, and for me, he is still on the ballot for the reasons that I outlined, and that's why he gets my second place MVO vote. But there is a little bit of that. There's a little bit of like, well, yeah, it's Adley. Right. Of course he's there. Right. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, you look back at the home run derby, switching sides of the plate. Yeah. In the middle of the home run derby, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. But he still got kind of crushed in his round, which is fine because yeah, it was still bit. awesome to yeah. be there and still exciting. And, of course, I mean, it, you know, he didn't go into that expecting to just dominate. But, you know, there we are. We're kind of like, oh, it's Adley, you know? Yeah maybe other fans or other media members across the league value it a little bit different. It's just so, so hard to tell. He is an amazing player, an amazing athlete, a great catcher. 
he just falls out of my top three. And like last year, it was a gimme. I mean, I, I think it was so, there wasn't any conversation. Yeah. How cool is it this year that we have, we're getting to have a conversation and I have two guys that beat him that are pitchers. So it's, and it's hard to compare different positions right. in and of itself. Yeah. And again, there are four legitimate stars that we are talking about here, at least on my ballot in terms of who gets my third and fourth place vote. All four of Gunnar Henderson, spoiler alert, Athy <laughs> Rutschman, Kyle Bradish, Felix Bautista, those guys are legitimate stars. And to be able to try to break those guys down into you know the top three is difficult. And it's a really, again, really good problem to have considering you have four stars and only three spots. Spoiler alert, <laughs> that should be a surprise to no one. My first place MVO vote is going to Gunnar Henderson. He leads the team in war by a wide margin. He is at a 6.1, according to baseball reference. That is 10th best in all of baseball. 7th best among position players. He has rookie of the year locked up. He is second on the team in OPS behind Ryan O'Hearn. First in slugging percentage. Leads the team in home runs. And by the way, he plays an elite shortstop defensively and an unbelievable third base defensively. He might be better at third than he is at short, and he's yeah. still ridiculous at shortstop. He's also in the 100th percentile in base running value. I mean, we saw last night Gunnar Henderson tried to steal home. I don't care that he was out. He gets he should get a run for it being cool. I, I, that's the change that I would make is just that if it looks cool enough, it counts, and it looked cool. He's also in the 85th percentile or better in average exit velocity, hard hit percentage, arm strength, and sprint speed. Jeez. He can be your leadoff hitter. He can be your cleanup hitter. By the way, he's also 22. And if you wanted just a little bit more value sprinkled into Gunnar Henderson, which you didn't really need, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Once he wins Rookie of the Year, which is, again, all but locked up, if you needed any more value for him, the Orioles will also be getting another first-round pick as because. A, an incentive because Major League Baseball has been trying to push, call the guys up earlier. We don't want any, you know, sort of service time stuff. And because Gunnar Henderson was the number one prospect in baseball that made the Orioles <laughs> opening day roster and wins rookie of the year, just like the Seattle Mariners did last year for calling up Julio Rodriguez and him winning rookie of the year, the Orioles will get another first-round pick because Gunnar Henderson won Rookie of the Year. Not that that is factoring into my most valuable Oriole vote here, but he's winning Rookie of the Year as one of the better players in baseball and gives you a first-round pick just because he's so good. Yeah, it's like here... I'm going to do all this on the field, but also like if you wanted something else, here's, here's another first, here's round, a first round draft. If you pick. wanted something else, Oh, here, I'm also going to win rookie of the right year. around another the award. range where, by the way, you drafted Gunnar Henderson yeah. an earlier draft pick actually than where you drafted Gunnar Henderson. So you can't ask for much more. No, he, I don't think you can. He is. You're talking about the elite glove, nine defensive runs, saves a 7.2 ultimate zone rating. You know, know the numbers at the plate, 260 average, 429 slugging, 828 OPS. His wore the 10th most in all of baseball. Two and three were hard for me. I could make an argument for a lot of guys, but number one, 
There's no conversation. It's not hard. <laughs> a 128 OPS plus. He also has 28 doubles and nine triples on the year. He does something spectacular every time he's on the field. Last night, he accounted for the, the only, only run, run <laughs> in the Orioles' victory. I know Kyle Bradish was, you know, the most valuable Oriole of that game last night. But, of course, it's Gunnar Henderson who hits a solo home run to at least get the Orioles on the board and win that game. It's a defensive highlight every single time he is on the field. And let's not forget that Gunnar Henderson struggled for the first month and a half or so. Talk about two fans months panicking. Of this season. <laughs> there were fans talking about sending Gunnar Henderson back down to AAA Norfolk. And here he is with a war over six. I think he was fine. I yeah. think I, I, just a sneaking suspicion. Just, I mean, if I had to guess. I think he was fine. <laughs> See, and here's the thing. It was even when he got called up. Like, and everybody wanted him up. Everybody wanted him up. Everybody wanted him up. People within the organization knew, you know, hey, there's a lot of swings and misses here. He's still going to have to figure out. And you saw that even at the beginning of the season. And you talked to the Orioles hitting coach. And you talked about how they worked those things out. And when you have young players and you bring them up, they're going to have to work up the, some of those kinks. Right. They might get off to a slow start. He worked it out. Not so much of a big deal anymore. Yeah, he does lead the team in strikeouts with 155. But? Whatever. <laughs> He's also got one of the better OPSs on the team. Leads the team in slugging percentage. Leads the team in home runs. Still is hitting 260 with an on-base percentage close to 330. Yeah, and you look at some of the more, you know, what you could call, I guess, clutch stats is that he's not striking out in those big moments and that's what right. matters. And that's another thing that brings value to a team. Yeah. Striking out. Don't want to do it, but it's a lot less important if you're not striking out in big moments. Right. It's, it's not really a discussion. We had a conversation about number three and number two, but for Gunnar Henderson, it's, yeah, it's Gunnar Henderson. Absolutely. He has been, again, unbelievable from the leadoff spot this year. When he's hitting second, he's hitting 303 on the season. He has six games hitting third where he's hitting 370 with an OPS <laughs> over 1,100. Okay. <laughs> he's the most valuable Oriole. It's, it's a slam dunk. It has been a slam dunk for this award a few years in a row now. You mentioned Adley Rutschman. It was Cedric Mullins in his 30-30 season before that. Yep. This year it was Gunnar Henderson. Who knows who the slam dunk will be next year? Maybe it'll be Jackson Holiday at this rate. Because, again, Gunnar Henderson is 22. Yeah. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to win Most Valuable Oriole, I assume, unless there is some crazy stuff happening. We saw some comments before our, <laughs> our stream was so rudely interrupted about guys like Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn leads the team in OPS, and he has been a wonderful, wonderful story. He's also not in the top 12 in war. For this team, I like Ryan O'Hearn a lot. He's played over 100 games. Again, OPS has been great. Batting average is great. You've been able to insert him in the middle of the lineup when Ryan Mountcastle has been injured. That is really valuable. Right. I don't know if this team would be as good without Ryan O'Hearn. That being said, I do know that this team would not be as good without <laughs> Gunnar Henderson and Abby Rutschman and Kyle Bradish and Felix Bautista. So Ryan O'Hearn, as fun as the story is, is not really Coming close to cracking my, my MVP. Right. Ballot. I mean, comeback player of the year, maybe. Most improved. Most improved. Sure. Player of the year. Absolutely in consideration of that. And he's maybe like, you know, 
five, six on my list because he has been really valuable. Yeah. They've won games because of Ryan O'Hearn. Sure. Uh, he's come up big. He's come up in big situations, pinch hitting. Um, just not as valuable. And he didn't get as many as his bats at these guys. So, like, right. you can't even, like, just that to start with. You know, you can't really compare those two and their value right next to each other like apples to apples because they're just not. He was valuable, not as valuable. Yeah, 357 plate appearances on the year for Ryan O'Hearn. Cedric Mullins has missed a decent portion of this season and has more games and more plate appearances. Right. And Cedric Mullins is another guy that's probably up there on my list. Yeah, like, he's, you he's know, probably above Ryan O'Hearn like, for me. Five, you know, five, right? six. Yeah. Austin Hayes. I mean, heck, Austin Hayes was an all star. You don't know where you are at the, yeah. the front half of the season with Austin Hayes. I know he's tailed off a little bit here towards the end of the season, but Austin Hayes probably, again, right around my four, five, six range for MVO. Yeah. And not only is it kind of difficult to look at this list because there are so many more players that are adding value to this ball club this year right. than, than we've had in other years. But it's also a little bit more difficult because the Orioles are going to the playoffs. And now we're kind of looking at it differently. Like, not only were they, you know, super valuable in the regular season, but did these guys help this team get to the playoffs? Right. How did these guys help them get to where they are today? You know, did Ryan O'Hearn have that specific effect? Did, and, of course, you take anybody out of the equation, it might look different. But how different, I don't know. I know they wouldn't be probably in the playoffs without Gunnar Henderson. I know yeah. without Felix Bautista, they certainly wouldn't be where they are. Right. Without Kyle Bradish dominating, very possible. They probably would have already clinched the division if Felix Bautista was still pitching. Right. So, Amy, to recap, give us your completed MVO ballot. Number three. I have Kyle Bradish. <laughs> I think like you did a drum roll after I we already Kyle talked Bradish. about it for half an hour. Yeah, I know. In case you just are tuning in, you need to. In case you, you needed, needed that drum roll. Now. I've been big on drum rolls lately. Um, and bingo. Just out of my top three, and bingo. If anybody wanted to know, just out of my top three: Adley Rutschman, number three, Kyle Bradish, number two, Felix Bautista, and number one, consist consensus in Gunnar Henderson. Yeah, solid ballot. Our only disagreement being at number two. This is again. This is going to be the MVO ballot that I submit. So once the MVO results come out, feel free to yell at me on Twitter and say that I voted for the wrong people. But these are the guys that I am voting for. My honorable mention is Felix Bautista. My third place vote will go to Kyle Bradish. My second place vote to Adley Rutschman. And my first place vote for Gunnar Henderson. And when you mention, you know, feel free to be in uh, Brendan's comments. Felix Bautista, I hope you're number one on that list. Thank you, Felix. Make sure you tell him. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's uh, probably the last guy on the team that you would ever want angry at you. True. I don't, I don't know if I've of ever seen... Of course, he's also just so like... I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen him angry right. outside of on a baseball mound. But I could imagine... But he will be now. If that's he tunes a, that's in, a big boy. If he tunes <laughs> into the bird's nest, you should also be tuning into the bird's <laughs> nest. Every Wednesday at 11 a.m., we will be live on Facebook and YouTube. You can also catch us after the fact on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple something, Everything. wherever, wherever you get your podcasts or your digital shows. You can find the Bird's Nest, the Orioles' magic number to clinch the division, down to two. We'll see if they can do it tonight at home against the Washington Nationals. If not tonight, got another chance against the Boston Red Sox coming up. Big thank you to Amy Jennings for pinch hitting on today's episode. Big thanks to Bobby Blanco for producing it behind the scenes. For Amy, I am Brendan Mortensen. 
We'll catch you next time.